0: Welcome to RSF, the Revolutionary Sports Front. Your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank and Gerard, four
1: lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit.
2: My God, is basketball that bad and lack parody so much? Brady's also a Marshawn Lynch running play away from only having three! Period, not an exclamation point. Five, four, three, two, one, go! What's happening, guys? Episode 43 of the Revolutionary Sports Front, RSF. And it has been a while, but that's okay. Um, that's been the story of the last few episodes. We don't have time to get into it. Um, but here we are, and that's what is important. Tony Preston to my left, Jerry Preston to my right, so- and Joey Krawczyk, who usually vis- visits us satellite, is MIA, but being the stand-up guy that he is, the captain in the Corps, I'm sure that he is doing something very important, um, something very diligent, and he'll be joining us shortly, we hope. But if not, then we'll see him for episode 44.
0: Ah, Sail without
2: him. <laughs> well, the show must go on. That's the old saying. So we're going to go on. But before we start, um, I do want to give a quick backstory as to why this show got inspired. Because we've been slacking a little bit. There's no, there's no getting around it, one way or the other. But uh, a big listener of the show, he's been on the show. He listens to the show all the time. Is Cody Steffes, and um, he played a little joke on the, on us, me and the gang, and um, sent what do you guys call it, a meme. Or a picture towards the yeah, show. Yeah, it's a meme. Right? A meme. Well, I have a hard time keeping up. And so they, uh, he sends Screw this through millennials. He sends this meme <laughs> to us of a of a skeleton in a casket of, of a corpse, basically. In you know, being like, ha ha. When's the last? When's the next time you guys are going to put out a show? Lighting a fire under our butts, and um, here we are to do the show. Also, um, within the last two weeks or so. Um, we've had some social events, and I've had a chance to to speak with some people. Um, one who was possibly going to be here today, but um, things got mixed up, is Leanna Stockard, who's an avid golf fan and sports in general. Uh, she seems to have a radio voice. We're uh, excited, and we extended an invite for her to come on the show and talk the whole Tiger Woods situation and him driving under the influence. Golf in general. We had a, you know the U.S. Open. She loves Rory. Um, so she's more than welcome in the near future to come on. And we're sorry it couldn't be today, but Leanna, you're more than welcome to come soon. Shout out. And then also, um, we had a wedding, and I bumped into an old friend, and uh, Cody McGow, also a follower of the show. He is a jiu-jitsu practitioner and MMA um, amateur fighter. And um, we always love to talk MMA, mixed martial arts. We're going to talk some fighting today. There's a tease. And um, he was so excited to uh, to have the opportunity to come on the show in the near future and talk some talk some fighting and, and just riff about basically whatever. So that's to come. But today we had to get out a show based on Cody's uh, provoke. And uh, so here we go. Also, uh, before go we ahead. get
0: into the show list, I'd like to just what's get, happening, Gerard? I, I'd like to say congrats to Tom and Sarah. That's the wedding we were at. All three of us were there. Joey was not. Um, beautiful service. Uh, wish the best.
2: Well, we haven't heard from Tom on the show in a while, so, I mean, we'll give him a little credit, but let's not get into I mean, too they still
1: nice. had us at the wedding. We stood up.
2: Okay. Well, yeah. It was a nice watch. you
1: did. I was just in the crowd hanging out. All right. we that was love a good you time, though, because we're, okay. we're up against it today.
2: We're up against it today.
1: Um, hitting the links. So, it's
2: been a minute, but in, even in the pre-show talk, um, we had to kind of just be like, whoa, you know, what did happen in, in the uh, latest in sports? And so you can't get around the two finals that that we just had here at the beginning and middle of June. So we'll start with the NHL, then we'll go to the NBA. Okay, so we had a a hell of a battle with the Predators and the Penguins. Um, It's going to be a nice topic here because I think all three of us have different opinions as to, and we all know how it ended with the Pittsburgh getting their hand raised, but um, as to how it went down and what could have been. And also, man, that you can't get around history. The, the first trilogy we've seen in basketball in a while and the whole LeBron narrative and the Golden State super team and what's, what's to come um, as far as the, you know, the next couple of years are very important uh, in, in this whole legacy and legends era as far as LeBron and Steph and Curry and the Golden State Warriors and all that. But we'll start with the NHL. Like I said, the Penguins won. Um, whoever would like to start, we can kind of just go, go uh, however like you want to take it. I do to go
0: later on so I can contradict your guys' ridiculously dumb points. But since I predicted this final exactly correct, I think I should go first. I think That's a
2: double work. negative, but just go ahead then.
0: Exactly correct. It's a double positive. It's still positive, Frank. But we'll get your sign changed down sometime. Um,
2: Shotty second.
0: Uh, yeah, so yeah, I picked it 4-2. I think the Penguins are... What the wings were in the 90s, they're the modern day version of that. You know, they got some hitters out there, they got a good young goalie. And I mean, the refs obviously helped them out, there's no question about that. But at Crosby's the best hockey player in the world right now, and as I, I don't really have much to say. They dominated the series basically, they got dominated a couple times, but then they win the game two like six nothing or something like that?
2: Yeah, they did. There was we've actually seen a lot of blowouts throughout the entire playoffs, but it was interesting and. It, are you,
0: oh, wait, one more. I I do think this is part of Nashville's struggle. You know, they kind of got to, I mean, we lost to the Devils before we won the Cup in the 90s, right? 95. Yeah, 95. Yeah, 95 we lost to the Devils. Okay, so this is part of the struggle down there. They're building a good program. They're getting behind it. Hockey's kind of new to their fan base. So it's good for both teams. Sure. Also, Crosby didn't deserve the Conn Smythe if he got it. I'm pretty sure he did. Did not deserve
2: it. Okay, are you going to pump fake me more or are, you got it? I love it. I love you. Thank you. So okay. So first of all, congrats to you. You were right, and boy was I wrong. I, I picked the I picked the Predators to win. Um, I stated my reasons. Just a, a short recap is because of their electricity, their home arena. Um, I thought that what they had possessed in, in years past um, in hunger, they lacked in talent. And this this year, this time around, I thought they had. Uh, I I thought they had the hunger and the talent, and I I still. I still do, um, and we just got word, by the way, that Joe's going to be joining us soon. So let me let me finish my point. So um, it's his fault for being late. So uh, hey, as punishment, he doesn't get to talk NHL playoffs. Fair enough. But I, I got something. I
0: thought going. we
1: were just going to take away the NFL draft. I, I got I something go, going go, here. I got go something right. going here, Tony. But we got to stick to the script.
2: But uh, so. I thought that what they lacked before, because Nashville's been around the last few years. They've been around. They've been making the second round. They, they I think, they even went to a conference final. They've been around, and that ele- electricity has been there. They possessed it. But I thought this time around, they had both, and uh, like I said, I, I think they still do. I, I still, I'm, I have a sore, a sour taste in my mouth from that series, because largely because of what I think Nashville is as a team. They are built for electricity and, and, and hype. And that goal horn, man, I've said it like four times in the show, I love that goal horn. And um, I think there was a couple key events that occurred in that series that really put a detriment to them and caused them to lose. One being game one when, you know, you're coming off on the road, everyone was talking about how important it is to win that game on the road in Pittsburgh, the defending champs. You got P.K. Subban, who's arguably their biggest star, the biggest name, comes out, scores a goal, goes nuts, and then you got the video review that comes in, uh, which I that's a whole other topic for another day. I disagree with that. And they take the goal away. And I know you can you, you say you got to fight through it, and they actually did. It ended up being a good game. But I think momentum is huge in series, especially at the highest magnitude, which is the Stanley Cup playoffs, and that really put a hurt on them in Game 1. So you drop Game 1. Um, yeah, we all know what happened in Game 2. It wasn't pretty. Big adversity. Nashville shows that, that, that what that home crowd um, can do. They that come, was impressive. I forget they come back and come back tie it. Everyone, th- everyone was counting them out. They come back and do it, which, um, you know, Pittsburgh comes back 3-2. And then my final kind of point is lead, going back to the momentum thing is in the, the game or the, the series clincher when Pittsburgh won. Um, again, you know, you have a disallowed goal. I thought in general, the officiating towards Nashville, you never like to point at the officials, but in this case, I mean, man, um, the goaltender for the Penguins hardly had the puck. Whistle goes quick. They score. It gets taken away because the whistle blew. The crowd was so loud. Yeah. And it ends up being a 0 0 game throughout the entire 59 minutes, I believe, in change. Pittsburgh scores a goal. I mean, you call it, I mean, no goal is lucky, but it was off the back of his pad. They score. It's a one nothing game. They end up getting the empty net 2 nothing, and then that's game over. So Jerry would argue, as he mentioned, he will again, that Pittsburgh was the better team. That might be true, but I really thought that that, that spark, that hunger, no. that electricity would lead Nashville to victory, and I thought a couple seven. key moments took it.
0: It should have gone 7. The thing is, the NHL has a provision that even if the ref, because the whistle blowing used to be the deadline, no matter what, after the whistle blows, nothing counts, but they have a provision now where they can go back and review if the players stopped playing, and they did in this case, because nobody heard the whistle because it was so loud. So they had the foresight to think about this before it actually happened, and they didn't use it. And we, I think it's because the NHL wants Pittsburgh's a bigger market for them. But like I said on the, uh, I think our last show, every time I'm in Nashville and there's a Preds game going on, there's just, you know, thousands of people coming out of the arena they got a good thing going there they'll get one soon I'm happy for them and oddly enough I'm kind of happy for Crosby
2: wow well I'm not Uh, yeah um I'll finish my point Tony then I'm gonna let you chime in um okay I uh I hated seeing them them win that I I don't really like either team I kind of became a fan of Nashville just just because of the whole thing throughout this this particular play postseason but um yeah, man, just them winning again, it's kind of like a – I mean, I know us as Red Wings fans are kind of in a, a slump and kind of in the trenches, but um, they're still our adversary. They're still our rival, and, uh, you know, you know, Crosby is a great player. He Maybe he is the best in the world. I mean, you could argue Ovechkin, but we have already seen that he cannot close. And um, he's the best we got in the game, so there's that. But at the same time, man, I don't want to see him getting his hand raised. I want to see him hoisting the cup. It's old news, man. It's cold product to me. I hated it. Um, I stand affirmed that yeah, I'm. I'm it kind of might seem like I was making the argument that Nashville should have won. I'm saying I think that they had enough and could have had oh, enough to extreme. go to a game seven and and had a chance to to take it down and they seven. were definitely who knows what
0: Equal terms, I think the Penguins were just a little bit better because they're experienced.
2: And also, one more is uh, if you want to talk about Nashville's strengths, which we did a lot. Coming up into this uh, this result, obviously, was the goaltending and the defense, and what we saw with the high skill level of the top two lines of the Penguins with their lateral movement and cross passes. Um, even though Pecorino Ooh, is a beast, love when you uh, say cross pass. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, when uh, with, with Pecorino being as good as he is, he's a big guy. So when you get that lateral movement, man, it's like playing uh, like NHL 2K, whatever, man. Like you get that stuff going. A lot of those goals, especially in the blowout. He really didn't have much of a chance when you're dealing with that kind of skill set. So I just want to defend him a little bit, but at the end of the day, oh, the Rita better the team. Man, but... the, at the end of the day, the better team wins every time. They they won uh, four games, the Predators didn't, and and that's just that. So and I'm not happy about it.
1: Yeah, no, I mean for me, I pretty much blacked out most of uh, this playoff series from my memory after Pittsburgh winning, since they now are the. First team to go back Oh, you to, mean like
2: selectively blacked out? Yes. Yeah, so you weren't drinking? I was very
0: confused as well. No, like,
2: I... You I, know I, you got, you know, some stuff, that, so you weren't drinking, right? No, I don't okay, drink so that much. That, you know that,
1: Frank. Got you. No, I selectively blacked it out since they are the first team to go back to back since our beloved Detroit Red Wings. Yes, sir. And that makes another Red Wings milestone that died this year. Yeah, we'll kill all those milestones. It's holding us back. Not Red Wings time, though. Yeah, let's and us leave the Red Wings out of this. We're talking about Yeah, players. no, I, I mean, definitely, like, some of the things that stuck with me were definitely the blown call in game one, the blown call in game six. And with the one in game six, that one was, like, they made the provision in the rule because there were so many times where the ref would lose sight of the puck because it would hit the goaltender and go through his pad, especially now that they have the smaller pads, but they still wear these big, bulky jerseys. And when like, hit the jersey and they'd lose sight of it and it would have gone through the jersey – and be behind him where the ref couldn't see it, which is what happened in the situation. And that's why they made a rule for it. And then they basically ignore that rule. I, I do get what that's
0: totally, I mean, I get it. But the fact of the matter is it's a 60-minute hockey game. And they still didn't score another goal.
2: No, no, no. You know? That's what I'm saying. But, what Jerry, it was a tight game. And to Tony's point, they did make that rule. Hold, Hear me out real quick. They did make that rule. But that was a flat-out. That was a bad call. And without the refs right. without the refs, we'd have anarchy in football and, and we have to have refs and that's just how it works. But what that was a bad call. He missed se- it. He missed it. The
0: series it. should have gone seven. If Nashville gets that goal he and missed they it. call it correctly, it definitely goes seven. What I'm saying is the counterpoint to that argument, and it's always the case, is like so you got screwed once. Leave it on the know? field.
2: Leave it on the ice. Yeah, I I get that. And I, I
0: think it was actually Mr. Wakeham who but, said it, but like it was after Trent might have gotten jabbed by the refs and like hockey or something when I still cared about Trenton hockey and he was like, You can't leave it up to the refs. He was the first person I ever say that to me. And that's you can't you can't you have to play so well the refs can't affect it.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like in sports, you you know, you say you can't leave it to the refs, you can't leave it at the hands of the judges when it comes to fighting.
2: But dude, all right, listen guys. I get all that stuff and like I I get you said Wakeham said that in real life, but a lot of that stuff is just what you see in the movies, man. Like I my coach told me growing up as a hockey player It's never the goalie's fault. And that's a cliche. It's like, yo, you got to play defense. It's never the goalie's fault. Well, dude, if a guy goes down and the goalie falls on his ass, it is the goalie's fault. Like, that's just, that's how it is. And I get there 60 minutes and all that stuff, but momentum is a real thing, especially at the highest level. And I think momentum got shattered a little bit due to some part officiating and other parts just. Lack of talent Yeah
0: and the fact of the matter Is Tim Donahue I was reading about All he did to influence Lines of sports And stuff like that The referees can control the game Regardless of what the players are doing So to say like The referees play so well That's more of a cliche I like using it So people try hard You used Tim really-
2: Go ahead I
0: mean, the referees can determine the. outcome You use a fraud
2: and Tim Donahue, and I see where you're going with the point, but I think the refs in this series. I'm not I, blaming them as, he's a as fraud criminals. In terms of what
0: he said since then, but if you look at the numbers, no, no, of what he, he,
2: said- he made he makes points. They can influence the game. What I'm saying to you is that I think that these refs in this series. I'm not saying I'm not casting an aspersion on them, saying that they were. Bad or not. No, neither. I, think, I don't think it was give, their fault. I I'm just evidence you that what the referees
0: can control the outcome of a game. I think it was regardless what a player do.
2: Everyone gets in a rear end or something like that. I'm not yeah.
0: saying these refs were bought off. I'm saying that that cliche that I use is actually I don't necessarily believe in. It's just a good cliche to use.
2: Okay, I stay. I, I when it comes to especially when I'm bitter about a team losing, I, I just try to stay away. No, from No,
0: Nashville got fucked. There's no way around that.
2: Okay, <laughs> all right, we're gonna don't take get blown out six a quick. Nothing, all right, are we gonna get? Like, how are we gonna do this? We want to get Joe involved. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll take yeah, a quick, quick I mean, break and we'll bring it Yeah, it's the internet in. stuff,
0: so you can just say Joe's going to be back. It's going to be two seconds for these people go.
2: It would have it worked. Keep be- it rolling. Well, what do you Pop him on. Let's go. We got Joe in the mix, right?
1: No, we don't have him yet. Give me just a second.
2: Okay. So, let me know. Okay. So, there was a little hiccup there, but as the old saying goes, and Joe knows this um, better than any of us, no man gets left behind. So, 16 and a half minutes into the show... Joe was very busy, but he has decided to join us, and now we're the four. I don't agree with that saying. I wanted to leave Joe behind. Jerry wanted to leave Joe behind and just ignore the text, but um, I said we should bring him on. So, Joe, I'd like to welcome you and kind of brief you uh, on what we're doing here. We're I'm um, the
1: one that brought him on. You guys are just both going to leave him behind. All right, all right, right. gotta right. keep it moving. Joe, so we're going over to the
2: NHL. We're going. Listen, man, Jerry, we're not going to rush the show. We know you got a tea time miss. So, okay, <laughs> we uh, we're talking the NHL, dude. And um, it seems like it was a lot longer ago, but we all just kind of went around the room and we kind of talked about officiating. We talked about the predictions, whether we were right or wrong. I was wrong. Uh, I believe you were too, um, but it doesn't mean you were wrong necessarily. We all know who won, but um, why don't you just go ahead in general and just kind of give us your, your um, stance on what all went down and what could have been on uh, in between Pittsburgh and Nashville.
3: Well, uh, I mean, the biggest thing is, you know what? What Nashville had going for them, what they're supposed to have going for them, was the best goalie. Uh, not, not, not in the league. You know, I think Carey Price a little bit better, but um, they're supposed to have the best goalie situation uh, in the last three rounds of the playoffs here, and their defense was also very, very good. So you combine the two, and it, it should be a very hard team to score on, or at least you know be able to hold the Penguins' offense at bay while their offense does the best they can. They're missing Ryan Johansson and, and uh, Kevin Fiala. Up front, so that that didn't help him out too much so i don't know among all that um so are you saying he didn't live up to par or was there something
2: because i had just made the point i didn't mean to cut you off i'm gonna let you have all the time you need man i was just kidding about you being late i love you but um i had made the point to the guys um that even though that Na- we we mentioned nashville strengths coming into the um I'm, I'm gonna i'm not gonna repeat it all i'm just saying we mentioned nashville strengths coming in one being defense and the other being goaltending and uh I had mentioned that with uh, Pittsburgh's high skill set, a lot of that lateral movement and cross-ice passing, a lot of those goals, especially in the blowout game, he didn't have a chance. I'd already said that once in the show. I just wanted to hear what you think about that because some might say Pecorino dropped the ball and was didn't live up to the hype and was a scrub and kind of fell off the map. I would say that a lot of it wasn't quite his fault and he was a little bit overpowered at some point, so we didn't expect that. So go ahead.
3: So I, I go back to game one, man, with the, you know, the, the Gensel goal there when they, they, they tied it up 3-3. Three you know, and I thought the Predators played a much better game than Pittsburgh in game one. They held them without a shot for like 40 minutes. Uh, and then Gensel comes down the ice and, and scores short side over his glove, which, uh, which is supposed to be Rennie's strength is, his, is, is, uh, is his glove. Um, so that, that to me is an instant where he, he blew it. Uh, game five. They're
0: fancy. They're going glove side.
3: Game, game five. Uh, I mean, you lose seven, nothing. You, you got to blame everybody. Uh, you lose seven nothing in the finals, man. You're you're just not in it. Um, and then and then obviously getting shut out at home in game six, same thing. I mean that that's a, that's a team thing. So really, really, I think I think it's a little both, Frankie. I think I think in some games uh, he he blew it, and then the other games he, he looked great at home in games three and four. So I, he obviously he obviously wasn't hurt or anything. Um, I you know I I just think overall you know that's the way the cookie crumbled. Uh, Pittsburgh did get lucky, you know. I don't want to get in the refs and all that stuff, uh, or the '09 finals. It, it, I mean, it's it's really disappointing to see Pittsburgh win a Stanley Cup. You oh, know, yeah. what I mean, I, I think I completely you know, disagree
0: with that. I think that sli- it's a slimy
3: group, and you know, whatever.
0: Malkin's the man. That young kid in goals way sweeter than Mark Andre Fleury. Murray. And Krat, Cros- yeah, Crosby I mean, he's a really cheap player, but shoving Subban's face into the ice. I mean, he, he's good, man. He's just really good at hockey.
2: Wow, that is the best point you've ever made on this show. I mean, I don't. That he's is like just the best point. There's you've a chance ever
0: made. he goes down. It's like top five. There's a time. hot take. Hot take.
2: No, Joe. I, it's funny that you mentioned game. Well, games. The blowout. First of all, like you said, to quote Babcock one time, I remember only you would probably remember this. It was a couple years back. I think we were playing anything
0: more than a touchdown.
2: You read my mind. Anything a touchdown or more, it's ugly. I think we're playing the Canucks and they beat us like ten nothing, and it was just a it was, it was a it was a regular season regular season game. But yeah, so that's there's no excuse for that kind of stuff. But I mean, in a, a best of seven series, you you know, it's unacceptable, but you got to live with it. And the, like you said, the cookie crumbles. But um, when you mentioned Game Six and the shutout. Can we both admit or all admit that that was a close game, okay? Nashville's back is against the wall, and and Pitch- Pittsburgh's pushing the pace to win a Stanley Cup for the second time in a row. So it's going to be close. It was 0-0, and then you, t- you said you don't want to touch on officiating, but we mentioned it a little bit earlier. That was a bad call, and I don't cast... Yes, blame on was. the refs. I, I know, Jerry. I'm br- like Joe wasn't on the show. Joe wasn't on the show for the first 17 minutes. So I'm just talking, man. Let them have a forum. Everyone could be late a little bit. So I'm saying it was a bad call. I'm not blaming the refs as criminals. I'm just saying it was a bad call in a close game like that with the highest stakes on the line. Uh, you know, a call like that can really switch the, switch the, the pace. And then they don't score a goal until... What forty five seconds to a minute and fifteen left? I don't remember what it was. It was close to that, yeah. and it was a low no, you know, off the back of the pads. And they win one noth- one or they score one nothing. Get the empty netter, and that's that's all she wrote. That's that's the end of the bout. So oh,
3: yeah, it was a very so, close game. No, game six was close. So the shutout the thing, on.
2: I didn't. I, when you said like, oh, you can't get shutout in the closeout, I just it was a close game, and it, the missed call had to be brought up at least, at least mentioned.
3: Well there's there's uh there's bad calls in both of them. I, I mean I thought game 1's call on uh the no goal for for Suban's shot um I thought that was a terrible call like I, I mean I don't, I don't know how you overturn that Yeah we it's, mentioned it's, that it's, one it's supposed as well. to be it's supposed to be indisputable evidence to overturn a call I didn't see anything indisputable I, you know I mean I I don't know it, to to me I think uh there's a, there's a little bit more working for Pittsburgh than than just the team on the bench. Uh, yeah, you know, met, playing the to game, play
0: devil's advocate though, wasn't that goal would have tied it up three three, right?
3: No, that goal would have put them up one nothing. It, it had yeah. all they the ended up coming back. Nashville.
2: They ended up coming back and, and showing some signs of uh, resilience and stuff. And it was a good game. It ended up being an okay game, and they did shut him down for forty minutes. Blah blah blah. We touched on that, yeah, but, but Jerry I mean, looks like he's going to kill me because we already talked about this. So he looks I, like he's going to punch we're someone. We're saying
0: the same thing we already said before. If we're going update Joe, we could have done it off air. Is all I'm saying.
2: Well, dude, what's what's the harm? I mean, geez, man, I, mean, I what do you want? Keep it moving. All right. Well, I'm trying to keep it moving. So, yeah, I mean, dude, it was like you said, man. That's all she wrote. I don't. I kind of ended my whole point with the fact that I just hate the fact that Pittsburgh won. I became a Nashville fan who I used to despise. I became a Nashville fan because I didn't want them to win. I saw this battle coming at about the second round. I wanted Washington, of course. I mentioned that, but I saw this coming, and that's why I, I picked Nashville. And I wanted, I kind of jumped on their, their train, and it sucks. And for some reason, Jerry disagrees. I don't. He, he's become a Crosby fan. He's going to move to Canada and, and build an igloo. But, I am I mean, moving to Canada. That fucking shithole. But I'd live in Pittsburgh for a while. Steel City. Great. All right, Joe. You finish it off with the hockey stuff, then we got to move on to the other finals and the other sports. So go ahead, buddy.
3: So, um, you know, one one big thing to mention, uh, Detroit's first overall pick, uh, Michael Rasmussen, ninth overall pick, highest pick we've had in a long, long time. Uh, Not too sure about the pick. All right. right. We're
0: uh, muting Joe since he's talking about the draft and we said not to. So we're moving to the NBA Finals. Joe, I'm going to bring you back in right now.
2: I had nothing to do with that. Jerry literally just muted you, Joe. All right. So we
0: got the Warriors. They came back. Domination. Five game Or five games. I mean, it is... They added Durant. Durant totally owned the show. He was definitely the best player on the court. And that I mean, on the Golden State, LeBron was probably the best on the court. The Cavs have some real catching up to do if they want to catch up. There's some pieces out there they might be able to get now. But the rest of the league's pretty much going to tank it for the next two years besides
2: LeBron. Okay, first of all, I deal with anxious and manic people for a living. So you're never going to do what you just did again. You just what? muted our boy. And then you jumped into a topic prematurely. You just prematurely came all over the mic. Okay? So just hold on a sec.
1: Let's be honest. It's not the first time that's happened.
2: Well, it? we know. It
1: won't be the last
2: either, uh, but that's not the fucking point, Just
1: hold up dude. a second. Hold on. Let's get to the good stuff. So, okay.
2: So this was an epic battle that we, were, that we were seeing. It was a trilogy. One of the biggest ones we've seen in our probably lifetime. And people didn't know what to expect. You had one side of the spectrum saying this is going to be Golden State in five, including Vegas. This is going to be LeBron. So people didn't know what to expect. But other people, like us. <laughs> the minority. Okay. I was in the minority too. Don't okay. get me wrong. So other people on the other side, maybe the minority. Yeah, the minority. Um, said LeBron's going face to face the challenge, beat the super team, and take it down. Now you can go off on a tirade about your love for Durant and all this stuff. But you've got you to set up things, I man. I know we're on a time frame. You've got to set things up.
0: I think the best way to summarize the finals in a quick manner is in game five they were down eight i believe and they went on a 28 to 4 run in about seven minutes other than that in the Ooh. game golden state warriors did, game five other than that for the rest of the game they were actually negative they would have lost to the cast outside of that like seven minutes of basketball but that's what they can do to you with the ability to shoot from outside like that and then lebron just let iggy dunk and durant's pulling up from uh About thirty feet away, and and J.R. Smith doesn't go six for seven. That's just a catastrophe for the Cavs in the last game. I mean, Game Four, the Cavs showed what they can do when they're hit on all cylinders. But the fact of the matter is, you can't. You're not going to put up fifty points in the first quarter many times.
2: Well, let's not forget Game Three, which I think was the biggest game of the entire series.
0: Oh yeah, the Cavs turned in the Warriors from Game Seven. They didn't score now, a point in the last I, three minutes. that was
2: the game that you were down here trying to sleep for work, and I was I fully engaged in watching. And that was the one where it the the Cavs were up the entire game. It looked like all eyes were on a on a victory, and they blew it. And I thought that was the probably the biggest game of the series right there. As far oh, if yeah. you're a, if you're a Cavs fan.
0: Yeah, what is creepy, the uh, last thing I'll say is uh, it's weird that once it got to 3-1, everybody was saying Golden State has to finish this out or they're going to choke. That's how much respect they have for the Cavaliers after what happened last year. And that's a credit to LeBron and his greatness. And I lied. This is my last point. I just like to point out that LeBron James, the worst team he faced, the Oklahoma City Thunder with uh, Durant and um those boys back in the day, it rates out better than any team Michael Jordan faced in the finals. So this like six for six things Michael Jordan's got to stop.
2: I'd like to say something about LeBron since you brought him up. And even though they lost and the, you know, the all hats off, the Golden State did a great job. And a lot of those guys, they drafted, they built the team, they added Durant, super team, they won in five. And that just goes to show how good they are, man. Because, dude, the Cavs are a good team. Man. It came down to the two best teams, and it just wasn't even that close. It really wasn't. As much of a LeBron guy I am and a Cavs fan I am at this point because he's on the team, it wasn't that close. And um, so the point I'm making is LeBron, you know, he got a lot of flack for his interviews afterwards saying, I, this, and me. But, dude, he said that stuff like, I have nothing to regret. I played good. And he did, man. The numbers show it. He played his ass off. He Average left it all out double. there. Aver- first time ever, right? Or something like that. Or yeah, record. And, NBA and uh But he also, when, people gave him shit for saying that, but he also... Repped his team, man. He he shouted yeah, but out to J. He R. He also
0: made fun of when they're talking about Westbrook being MVP. He was like, "Yeah, I don't care about stats. I just care about winning." And then, in losing, said, "I averaged triple double. What else can I do?" Which is true. It's not his fault they lost.
2: I'm just saying, LeBron. You can blame him for whining for calls or flopping, but you can't really um, knock him for being a role model and a team player and putting it all on the, on the court and doing his best for his team and trying to win every single time, every minute, every game. He'd be out there for four, every single minute if he could, if his body would let him. And he lost this time, so he's what now, three for six, right?
0: He's three of eight.
2: Three of eight, so he's been to the finals. He's been to
0: eight straight finals,
2: or he's been to seven straight
0: finals, and he lost that one. Yeah.
2: Wait, three for eight? That
0: doesn't sound right. One three out of the eight he's gone to.
2: So he's been to but eight finals out of fourteen years. He's
0: also been to seven straight NBA finals.
2: And been to seven straight NBA finals. And I think that a lot of that gets lost because of the the hype. And that's really all I have to say, man. The better team won, but I just think that a lot of that gets lost, and maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm wrong. You
0: can say what you want too. This Golden State Warriors team would have whooped the fuck out of. Uh, oh, they would have beat the anybody. Balls.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, they can say this crap, but they three point shooting was way worse back then, and so it doesn't. This is no tarnish on. If LeBron had won this, nobody could question him being the best player in the world ever. Oh,
2: no, not even close. No, I'm not, not talking about yeah. I'm saying best, best player no, ever. No, not even LeBron. close. If LeBron would say they would have been down 3-1, this is hypothetical. It didn't happen. It, it won't. But if he would have came back from 3-1 again against this team, yeah, of course. Of course he would have been. Yeah. You'd have been crazy this to not just, think so.
0: They're too good. They're, they're too very good.
2: good. Joe, Damn. did you tune in or? Joe left the show. Joe left the show? Yeah. because Because Jerry muted him? Yeah. Wow, so there's drama amongst the group. I don't know
1: if Did he, he really got leave? I was gonna it. try and like segue into a break to tell you guys, but yeah. Did he really leave the show? Yeah, that was that beep you heard. That was pretty aggressive.
2: Joe left the show. Okay, so Joe left the show. doesn't um, Like the mute button. He doesn't like basketball, anyways. Um, what we'll do is we'll wrap this up. We will give him one more chance. Uh, he maybe he, it sounds like he woke up at the wrong side of the bed this morning. So we'll uh, we'll we'll wrap this up. Get a short commercial break. Um, you know, sponsored by Mark's Welding. And um, then we'll, uh, we'll see if he wants to hop back on for the, the McGregor-Mayweather stuff. But do you guys, I mean, like I said, man, the better team won. You, Jerry, you kind of put it the best well, on this topic. But
0: I mean, the thing what is. What else is there to say? Besides I mean, games three, even game two didn't get ugly until uh, late in the second half. It still wasn't entertaining finals. They were trying. But the Cavs, the fact of the matter is they couldn't play their best four players at the same time. They, they were connect,
2: too much. Golden like, State was too much for them.
0: When Golden State goes to that small lineup and they have put uh, Andre Iguodala in there, and then Durant is like technically the four and Draymond's the five, but you have so you still have a seven footer to get rebounds. It's just you can't run. There's if you have a missed basket, even off a made basket. I remember when uh, the Cavaliers made a three, and immediately they just lobbed it down there, and Durant was already gone. They're just so fast. You just can't keep up with
1: them. Yeah. Well, the one thing that annoyed that I wanted to say was that annoyed me about like. Just mainly the sports media in this final was they're sitting there going well how's LeBron supposed to do it like after he loses they're like well how's LeBron supposed to do it all by himself he needs a team around him Golden State has four superstars they're forgetting that it's like oh yeah LeBron basically handpicked his teammates he has Kevin Love he has Kyrie Irving he has help. He's not just out there it didn't alone. didn't help
2: like, that Tristan Thompson played like a total schoolgirl.
1: Oh, yeah. It's because there's rumors that
0: Kyrie's banging Chloe, bro. Well,
1: that's, I mean, it's one the, of those things where it's like, ridiculous. yeah. He's got a team around him that he handpicked, and a lot of them didn't play up to the level they played at during the regular season. That's on them. That doesn't mean he doesn't have help. Well, Kevin Love can't
0: really bang with those guys. Like, Draymond can cover Kevin Love. He just can't. You know the
2: the Golden State Warriors were a better team. LeBron did pan pick his team, but that's how it's become. That's why they went down to the final two teams. That's why there's a lack of parity. You heard it in the cut at the beginning of the show. It's just how it is right now, and it well, came down to two super teams. But one was a super super team, and one
0: okay lost. I agree with the super team, but Golden State won a finals and came within like a LeBron block of winning back to back without. They were that purely drafted. Iguodala was a free agent, but he was past the prime of his career. Like they actually built a team and then they added one piece and, but they were a super team before that. And they did get lucky with, I think clay was like the 41st overall pick or something like that. But at the end of the day, like the Cavs are just going to add somebody, but I think it speaks to LeBron LeBron's greatness that they have to make these super teams. Like Boston made a super team so they could get one. And then LeBron saw that he needed that. So he went and did it. But now when he went back to Cleveland And Kevin Love really doesn't help out that much. Like, that's a real basketball team. But to beat them, you have to have four All Stars. That's what he's facing, four All Stars.
2: I agree. Anything else, Tony? No, but I think we can take a quick break. No, what we're going to do, yeah, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. We got a little bit of drama for the. I think, well, I've I've dropped the mic a few times on you guys, but that was back in our early days. Take a quick break. I'm going to give you guys a tease. Uh, Everyone's talking about. The fight on August 27th, McGregor versus Mayweather. August 26th. twenty six. August 26th, McGregor versus Mayweather. Um, a lot to talk about. We're going to take a quick break, see if we can get Joe back, because no one likes to see someone, A, get muted, or B, leave the show. So we'll take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back, RSF. What's happening, guys? RSF. So we have lost Joe. Um, we started the just show for this
1: episode, just
2: for this episode. Uh, nothing dramatic. Uh, we started the show without him due to some complications. We don't know what those were yet. I'm sure they were justified. Um, he came on uh, Jerry. He admits he made a little bit of a mistake. He should not have muted him. I don't him. think
0: it was a mistake. I think it was funny. Okay.
2: well, Jer- we had a look, Jerry muted Joe. Oh, here's what happened. Just to sum it up. You heard what happened, but Jerry muted Joe when he brought up the NHL draft. Joe, in fairness, was not here during the pre-show meeting when we said we were not going to talk about the Red Wings or their draft today because there just wasn't enough time. Joe didn't hear that. Jerry muted him, and Joe took very, like, we thought it was a joke at first, but he took offense to it, and we have lost Joe for the day. He has made it very clear he will not be coming back for episode 43. So we will finish the show. We will carry the ratings, and we must talk about the fight that everyone else is talking about, which is Conor McGregor versus floyd mayweather on august 26th in a boxing match now this is something that we've talked about before in speculation but now speculation has become a reality everyone's talking about it everybody's got to take jerry's doing exactly what i told him not to and um we got to talk about this fight tony i think it's only right you've kind of been light on the show so far you're doing it too and um we got to talk about the fight and i'll give it to you cuz you are the you know whatever of the it's supposed to be mma but i guess we can call it boxing with you too the combat the, sports yeah the the house resident of combat sports so go
1: yeah so i mean first of all who do you think's going to win uh floyd okay go ahead clearly. that's i mean that's what i was going to get to i mean this is mcgregor an mma fighter fighting floyd who's one of the best boxers of all time in a boxing match I doubt we're going to see McGregor land more than ten punches in this fight. But here's the only chance McGregor has is his power, and one of those ten punches rocks Mayweather and knocks him out. That's that's McGregor's chance. That's why people are betting on him, is because he has a puncher's chance. Well, yeah, and it's nine to one. You got to take nine to one on anything.
0: I mean, yeah. it's been bet down to four hundred last time I looked. It was back up to six hundred to one.
1: Yeah, or six to one. Sorry. But that's what I'm saying is I, I think he, he lands maybe 10 punches this fight. McGregor's, or not McGregor, Mayweather's known for his amazing defense. So that's where it's going to be. You're going to see Mayweather do a lot of shoulder rolls, get Floyd to miss him, and then hit him with that quick counter jab that he throws a lot. And he's just going to sit there, outpoint him for 12 rounds, and win a... 12 round decision. I
0: think that Floyd was just sick of McGregor talking so much crap and he knows he can win. And McGregor, I might go out as one of the smartest fighters in the entire world because he came to the UFC, a couple knockouts, called out people, took all those belts. Then he got, actually got the belt. Like I'm talking about took it at a press conference, but he shot the rankings real fast, knocking cats out, picked his rematch against Diaz. Then he uh, had two belts at the same time. Hasn't fought since he got both belts, I believe. So,
1: well, he got the lightweight belt, and then, like, right after he got the lightweight belt, they uh stripped him of his featherweight title yeah, anyway. So, okay, I think McGregor's literally just doing this for a payday. He knows
0: Floyd's not going to do any lasting damage, and I think McGregor he's going to be like that you know, chick you meet in the summer and she's there and then she's gone. You know, he's going to be a little speck on the uh fighting radar, but he just made a whole bunch of money. I think he might even be done after this. I, th- I think he knows what he's doing. And I also think that McGregor isn't afraid of Mayweather's punches, so he might be. Able, I just think that he, in this year and year and a half he's been training on boxing, he might be able to get it done. But I'm actually going to take McGregor to win.
2: Okay, well, I think there's a lot of stuff. There's so many different angles you can take on this whole thing. One, just to just to make the prediction clear for me, so I don't sound delusional. Um, you got a guy who's 49 and 0. Arguably the best pound-for-pound pound boxer in the history of his sport, quote, bold point, his sport, and a guy that's never done it once professionally. Zero and zero versus 49 and zero. Age, yeah, but Floyd trains like a madman. Yeah, when you
0: say like that, it sounds insane.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, it's just someone who's never done it versus someone who's been doing it their whole life, and is also the best at it. And uh you can talk about 40 years old versus 28 years old, man, but if you ever have studied even a little bit about the – um the depth and the and the tenacity that, that Floyd Mayweather trains and what he does to stay in physical shape, even when he's not competing, even in retirement, um, it's insane. He does a lot of work, not only for himself, but for his other younger boxers that are coming up. His cardio is no problem. So another thing is uh, everyone says this thing about Connor's size and power. Size and power always isn't, you know, you could find one or two in the history of boxing. I'm sure you could, but I could find a probably a bunch more where the, the smaller guy wins and hits harder. Um, and I can almost guarantee you that even though we see McGregor with the four ounce gloves, tagging people and lighting up Eddie Alvarez and I love McGregor, I'm going to be rooting for McGregor, but I can promise you that Floyd Mayweather hits harder than Conor McGregor does. And uh, that's just simple, be, simply because he's a boxer, man. I'm telling you, and he's the best oh, boxer you're saying specifically in he can, he can hit harder. He can punch harder, cross, Hook, he can hit harder and faster than McGregor can. That's just a fact. And you guys say the puncher's chance thing. I don't know, dude. Again, if you look at history, and I've been looking into this fight a lot since it officially became, even before when it was just speculation, when do you see these big underdogs getting these big knockouts? When do you see that? To your point, Jerry, I think you're spot on as far as a business standpoint. McGregor went from being on welfare eating blueberries in the Irish Hills to being a millionaire just by doing what he does. And that's mixed martial arts. He's become great. He's the first MMA these,
0: person to be top 25 for the Forbes richest athlete.
2: Beautiful. You put those two in a cage and you don't have a ref, Floyd Mayweather is going to literally die. So there's no question that combat in his sport, yeah. But when it comes to boxing, man, Floyd Mayweather punches harder. He's 49-0. Connor's 0-0. and, zero and zero. This is what Floyd does, and he's going to win. I would love to see Conor win, man. I'm going to be rooting from every second, and I hope it's a lot of seconds in the fight, and it's not quick. I don't see it being too quick just because of their smaller guys. I don't see it being a quick knockout real fast, but Floyd's going to win this fight. Tony, you you mentioned something about landing 10 punches. I would take the over on that just because they're going to be going at it a little bit and going. Floyd's hard to touch, but you got to remember, this is going to be to Conor's detriment, even though he is a, a great fighter. They're both they're both counter fighters. Conor, if you watch the Eddie Alvarez fight, you watch Diaz. Those strikes he's landing, he's baiting him in and landing counter strikes and that's what Floyd does. In boxing, not just MMA where there's kicks and feints and you have to worry about double legs. This is straight up two guys with two hands each, and they're going to be boxing 49-0 and 0 versus 0-0, and 0, an amateur versus a pro. It is a cash grab. I think it's smart. It's going to be entertainment like the WWE. I think yeah. Floyd wins by decision just like he did with Pacquiao. You think Canelo can't hit? You know, I mean, do you think those guys can't punch? They don't have power. Those guys can punch harder than McGregor, too. And that's just a cold fact. I'm a McGregor fan. I'm an MMA fan, way over boxing. Floyd's going to win this fight unless he breaks his hand or something crazy happens. I like got this. about
0: three more points on this topic. There's number a bunch one, of points. Number one, they're both incredibly smart. McGregor has Am gone I like Am I fair, though? No, you are 100% fair. And that was actually a great analysis, Frank. Because of positivity on the show after what I did with Joe. But, um, yeah, they're both incredibly smart because Mayweather... He said, "I'm only doing this if I get 100 million. You get 25, and it took forever for he's like, you 'You've never boxed. Why would we split the purse equally?' And it's still not getting split equally. Mayweather's going to get super rich off this. Oh, he's going to get to the 50 and 0,
2: probably. Yep.
1: But yeah, he'll get his 50 and 0, retire with the best record of all time. It's and just ridiculous. and you know what?
2: The, the, the other point that I wanted to make to both your guys' point is there's no losing for Conor here. He's going to get a shitload of money. Like we said, he's a smart businessman, and even if Conor can win. If Connor lands one big, because, dude, we all hear about boxing and this and that. It's an art. and It's one of the oldest things. It's either wrestling or boxing. Something came first. Either someone swung at each other back thousands of years ago or millions of years ago. Well, or wrestling someone, was
0: in the Olympics before boxing. Or
2: what? someone wrestled first. Someone grabbed each other first or something. But, anyways, this is supposedly, you know, a very delicate art. So, if Connor, if Connor lands one big bomb. That's a win for Connor. If Connor wins one round or two rounds out of 12, that's a win for Connor, I think, man. And I, I, you know me on this show. If you listen to this show at all, I hate the term moral victory. I don't like it at all. But in this case, man, I just said it's a 0-0 zero and zero guy versus a 49-0 world, 10-time world champion who's been doing it forever and possibly the best ever to do this quote-unquote art. So if he can't go out there and put him away or at least make him look stupid for 12 rounds, it's a win for Connor. And also with this moral victory, which I hate using, he's going to walk away with about a hundred million dollars. Like and I and to your point also, I think he will go back to MMA. I think I listened to an interview with his coach and also his <clears throat> excuse me, his agent um, on a, a couple different podcasts, actually. And they asked him that very question. Do you think Connor's just gonna say, hey, man, I got my payday um, I'm going to go and do something else. And he said, no, I think that uh, knowing well, Connor and his competitive nature, he'll find he
0: a way to go back one of and his make a teammates die in the ring, I believe. Right. Right. But I'm telling you no, what I it heard. Was...
1: It, it was just an Irish person. No, I thought it was his teammate was the one who it... beat up the guy, but.
2: Or well, killed... either way he saw that, but they asked him the question yeah. that you brought up and he said, "Knowing Connor's competitive nature, he'll be very smart. Maybe go back and do a, a, a trilogy fight with Diaz. He'll be smarter and pick his MMA fights. They won't make a hundred million, but his, um, Brand is going to grow from this fight and transition to the MMA world, and he's going to make more money. He's not done, man. There's no way. Yeah. And people still are close only, to him say last he's not. The
0: point i got to make, and we're still up against it, but <laughs> the only thing is if Mayweather, he may still think he's as fast, but you know how we saw Peyton Manning fall in that last year when he was around 40? Yeah. Mayweather's 40 now. Five times undefeated. I'm not saying he's still not as fast as he was, but there's a chance that he just you know, doesn't have it.
2: You will see a very happy person on this show, me, if he, if I mean, Connor it's a wins. Slim
0: chance, but at some point, athletes just go. Look, look at Kobe on the way out. You know what I mean? Toilet Achilles, never came back.
2: I, if you, I, would I would, put, when he was I in would take the nine to one odds just for a dollar because I'm not, you know me, I'm not a very good better. But just for the dollar, I would take the nine to one that if you did like some sort of test, Floyd is obviously faster, and he hits harder on pretty much all combinations. He hits harder.
1: With yeah. the hands.
2: Well, what I was going to say is... I want to see someone argue it, but if they could. But
1: Well, when you, you said me, the fine. thing about like a puncher's chance, so when we've seen that happen, I mean, we have a perfect example.
0: Holly Holm. Yeah, but if you actually look at that, it was had with, with, with Whoa, Rousey... yeah. Rousey was just all hype, really. And fucking... If you watch Holly Holm, what she was doing before she fought Rousey, if you like, the thing is, women weren't really that famous, and Rousey was a pretty face, and she was arm-barring these weaklings basically Holly Holm is actually a way better fighter than Rousey That was one, Sarah
2: that, no that was okay that was a long time ago but to Jerry's point that was uh biz being over Rockhold but yeah. these are all
0: MMA we're not talking about boxing here there's a huge
1: difference we're, we're not talking about, about MMA Rocky. first of
2: all and if you want to say puncher's chance with Holly Holm it was also it would be a kicker's chance so that I'm was ju- that I'm just saying. I know you're just I saying mean. I see your point, but all, f- I'm talking if you want to go dogs, it pulled
1: out victory. OK,
2: but if you want to go down that road, Rhonda was in a watered down division that wasn't even where nearly where it's at now. And when it finally was, she got exposed by Amanda Nunez. So that's that you talk about Matt Sarah that way. I mean, you're talking a while ago. But yes, that was that was cool. Again, okay, got you talking about GSP. Yeah, when
1: he knocked out GSP.
2: Okay, yeah, so I, I told you when I said the point that you could probably find some, but they're not, there's not many. I, a lot of that, like I said with the stuff before, is what you see on TV or see in the movies, man. Like, he's got a puncher's chance. You know, he's going to go out there and just land one big. Dude, I, dude. You think Floyd Mayweather's not thinking about that one?
0: No, I just want it to be a good fight, and I just know my like, most logical self knows that Mayweather's just going to tune him up. And I'm gonna get have cult pops me that night and start taking some like seven to one and put like fifty bucks on McGregor and lose fifty dollars. You know what I mean?
2: Well, that's that's your perspective, your prerogative. That's fine. I mean, that's gonna, that's your girl. I the last one... It-
0: I had out of the three, this is the last one. I think the build up to the fight is going to be more exciting than the That's fight.
1: That's what I'm saying. It's entertainment. I was just well, was like the Well, that was like the Pacquiao, Pacquiao Mayweather fight was all this build up and then it was not a great But that wasn't fight. entertaining
2: to me though. No, Pe- some was- people
1: thought Pacquiao was going to win. This is going to be pure
2: theater. This is going to be McGregor talking shit, but he knows how to promote a fight. We all know that Floyd knows how to do it. The walkouts are going to be sick. The event's going to be sick. There's going to be some good fights, boxing wise, in the undercards. It's going to be a true event, and that's what, the, that's what this is going to be. It's going to be an event. If Connor can land some shit, like I said, good for him. Good for the sport of MMA. Good for him for getting paid, man. But like, like I said, barring Floyd smashing his hand in half or rolling his ankle and something crazy happening, man. There's just no part of me that thinks. And this, I'm saying this live. This is recorded, so you can take it back. And I, I take this stuff pretty seriously. Uh, I don't see any way that Connor can beat him in a boxing match, man. I just don't.
1: Well, that's what I said, too.
3: I,
2: mean, I know. I We're all on the happen, same page. But... Well, Jerry did pick McGregor, I think, but I. I mean, I, I was,
0: I'm just doing it because I want him to win, and <coughs> Floyd's going to win. Yeah. I was just trying to be controversial on here. Floyd's going to whoop his ass.
2: Well, cool. We'll talk more about that because, I mean, that's on August 27th. We will be doing at least one more show before then, I hope. No. <laughs> no. Hopefully several more. Hopefully But it's just, I mean, it's dry out here. No, you know? but uh, while we're on fighting, I do want to give a shout out. He's a friend of the show. Um, we're a friend of his. And um, he also just had a fight last night. My boy, Chael P. Sonnen, the American gangster, went out there and fought the axe Murder. He's not called that anymore. No more nickname for him, Jerry. And, uh... He went out there and did it, the first fight against Tito, man, that lit a fire under him, man. That was not Chael. Uh, his Bellator debut, and he came out there and looked like the old Chael, man, and just freaking went to pound town with the uh, the power doubles and beat the hell out of Vanderlei Silva, and he's on a, he's on a legend's ass-whooping tour, and um, he just got another one on the win count. He got his hand raised for the first time in four years, but that includes, like, two and a half years of suspension for some Kool-Aid, and... Um, <laughs> So good for Chael. He's—I know he's probably going to listen to this at some point in his car ride back towards the West Coast from New York, because the fight was in New York. And um, so good for him. And uh, and and that brings me to the other thing is what I wanted to get Tony, especially point. This is probably one of our last things is uh, is Bellator. Do you do you see this big card in NYC um, in Bellator being on pay per view as opposed to just live on Spike? They said uh, last night in the post fight. I know you're still waiting to catch the replay but they said in the post fight press conference um, that they're not going to be doing pay per views like the UFC does like every month or every two months they're going to wait and build super big shows yeah, and do it like I mean, that and still is, do that so is, what do you think of Bellator and their upcoming cuz it seems like the, that guy knows what he, Scott Coker knows what he's doing and they seem like they're kind of like becoming the thing to talk about maybe UFC's got
1: something to worry about well here's the thing is Scott Coker ran Strike Force he's the one who started Strike Force, the organization, right. built that up. Then the UFC bought it and the UFC brought him on board. And then when WME bought the UFC, or might have been a little bit before that, that's when the UFC let Scott Coker go. I didn't know that. And so then when they let him go, uh, he went over and took over Bellator from uh, the guy who'd started that. And that's when you started to really see a lot of these former UFC guys going over there and the one thing with Scott Corker, even when he ran Strike Force, was they always said that he's a fighter's promoter. Like he's always about the best interest of the fighter. He tries to make sure that they're paid well. And I mean, a lot of the in the UFC a lot of that money in the past was going into Fertitta's pockets and Dana's right. pockets. Because they were the ones that owned it, and now it's a lot more where they're giving the money back to the fighters. Also, with the fact that they don't have a uniform deal like the UFC now does. Yeah, with
2: Reebok. You, when you watch the fight, to your point, when you watch the fight, look, you'll see that Chael is wearing the "You're Welcome" podcast on his shorts. He's wearing his uh, his sponsors and the uh, Bad Guy Inc. and stuff like that. So, yeah, I did notice that with the sponsors on the shorts. Because remember that it used to be a thing until the yeah, Reebok you saw game. it all
1: the time in UFC, and that was the thing was. At the time when they signed the Reebok deal at the UFC, that's when sponsorships were starting to really kick off for a lot of these fighters, and there were fighters that were upset when they lost a the sponsorship. Okay. That's a lot of their money. Yeah, because there's guys saying, "Hey, yeah, I can fight for you for, you know, twenty grand a show, twenty grand if I win, because I'm getting six figures and sponsorship money for that fight. So even if I lose, I'm getting a dollars Twenty grand for one fight. So you look at four fights in a three, four fights in a year is what a guy normally fights. That's three hundred sixty to four hundred eighty k that he's making just off show money.
2: And oh sponsorship. no, 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 and th- no. To your point, there's two things I want to say. One relates to Bellator. So just hear me out. One to the Bellator thing. <clears throat> You're right about the part about them treating them good because if you notice in all these press conferences, all these things. No matter what fighter it is, including Chael, all the guys, they always are thanking Bellator. They're thanking Scott Coker. So there's, like, something there. Obviously, he's treating them good. Yeah. Second point, with that sponsorship thing, I was listening to that podcast that I was telling about. I wish Jerry was here to hear this. He stepped aside. But um, when I was listening to the interview with Floyd's – Floyd's – not Floyd. Connor's manager, he is actually, for this boxing bout on the 26th, a free agent. So he's fielding options for sponsors. So he could – In theory, this is one of the examples they used in the interview, he could, in theory, get sponsored by, say, Nike or, you know, anything and wear it on his trunks, and that would sprout a tremendous—even add-on to his uh, payday that he's already going to be getting from the gate and stuff like that. So Connor could be coming out rocking some Nike trunks or some burger—whatever—
1: McDonald's, you, Nike, the way uh, like Silva used to yeah, do, yeah, Silva used to do, and Burger King and all that. Under stuff. Under Armour used to wrap uh, GSP, and he's still like one of their athletes, and that's part of the reason GSP took us yeah, so long. So there's to come a lot back of money UFC. there,
2: and Bellator seems to have it be getting it right. So I was just well, kind of a wait and see, but they seem to be doing pretty good, and I'd like to see. I don't know if it could even be possible, but like Bellator kind of thought maybe that or lean towards the fact that maybe they could do like cross promotions. So maybe we could see some kind of like champion in Bellator versus like champion in USC in like a sanctioned area
1: or something like that. I don't, I don't think we'll see that. The UFC has a big thing where they don't cross promote with other organizations. Cool, though. They yeah. just try and buy them out. I'm not
2: saying i a big Bellator. I mean, the UFC still has the best guys, but I think Bellator's got something going.
1: They got some good guys. I mean, but Jail. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they got Matt Mitrione, who's pretty dude
2: that was sick Roy
1: McDonald's probably the biggest one yeah yeah Yep,
2: Yep. yeah so that that's more to come that's just kind of a light note to end it guys we're sorry about the drama Jerry has stepped away not in anger but he just had something to do he's got a golf tee time we had some drama Joe left the show uh, episode 43 about halfway through he left the show but he will be back we're gonna talk to him and it was just a simple thing I think he's just a little testy today but he will be back, and we we apologize for that. Once again, I want to um, just extend the invite to, to Leanna and Cody McGow for uh, future shows involving golf and uh, fighting. Um, I got nothing left, man. I just want to say uh, thanks again. Sorry about the wait. And uh, we'll be back soon. And Tony's going to pay the bills, and he's also got a special little shout-out about, uh, about something he's got going on personally. So,
1: All right. So, yeah, I mean – First off, I want to say, uh, I kind of want to give a quick shout out to several soccer supporters groups, because f- since June is Pride Month, they've started a fundraiser called Pride Razor. You can go to PrideRaiser.org to view it. Uh, I mean, we got Six City Syndicate out of Cleveland, Gem City Squadron out of Dayton, are in it, but the main two that started it were the Northern Guard supporters for Detroit City FC and the Chattahooligans for Chattanooga FC. They're the ones that started it. I mean, we're looking at right now just on the website, we got a pledge level of $323 per goal for the home games in the month of June, which uh, Detroit just added a couple more goals on Friday night with their win over Kalamazoo, which puts them at five straight league wins and seven straight wins overall today. They're going to Milwaukee. Then Tuesday, they're home against Indiana Friday. They're home against the Michigan stars. I mean, it's four games in eight days. It's going to be a tough stretch for those guys, but if they can win them all, they're going to be looking in great shape for making the playoffs this year. So good luck to Detroit city. I'll see you guys on Tuesday. Wish I could be there today in Milwaukee. But I'll be there in spirit since I can't be there physically since I had other commitments today. But yep, that was all I just wanted to say. I mean, you can go to prideraiser.org. Also, they have the organizers so listed on the website with their Twitter handle. So you can if you can got a Twitter, you can go on Twitter and find the organizers for the campaigns and donate to your local campaign. But that's all we got there. You can find us on Facebook.com at Facebook.com slash Revolutionary Sports Front. We're on Twitter at Twitter.com slash RSF podcast. We have an Instagram, even though we very rarely use it anymore. The website's dot RevolutionarySportsFront.com. The show is available for download and subscription on iTunes and Stitcher. And that's about all I got. Other than you can email the show directly at RevolutionarySportsFront at gmail.com. Thanks for being a part of the Sports Revolution.